Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message, entitled A Christmas Prayer, continues Brother Jim's series through the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Very good. Wonderful, ladies. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking in the Gospel of Luke. So if you want to look with us, Luke chapter 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third gospel, Luke chapter 8 this morning together. And uh, we're going to pick up in verse 16. We're going to read actually through, uh, through 21. Jesus said this. He said, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Let's have prayer together. Lord, will you bless today and help us to sense your spirit. May you just continue, Lord. We just ask that you would just work in our lives. Thank you for each person that's here. And just may each one truly know that they have a relationship with you. May each one know that they're loved. And Lord, may each of us be willing to look at our own lives so that we can see what's important and we can get the right priorities in our lives and we can be able to live and make a difference for you. I thank you again for all that you do now in Jesus' name. Amen. Christmas is a wonderful time of year and you get nativity set, set out. They speak volumes. One fella noticed that uh, there was a nativity set, set set out, and so he asked uh, some of the kids had put that out, and it looked good, and they, but he noticed that the wise men had fireman hats on. So he asked one of the kids, he said, uh, why has the wise men got fire hats? They said, well, in the Bible it says they came from afar. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure that's... Uh, <laughs> the correct way, but, you know, nativity sets do make a difference. Hey, you know, when we're studying the Bible, we need to put things in context. Let me remind you the context. Remember last week, we were talking about Jesus. We were talking about the different soils. And he was just talking about whenever you're sharing God's Word, how people's hearts are a little different. Sometimes you have people that are, have hard hearts, and... Basically, they're not, it's not going to do any good. It's, it's, the seed's not going to seek in. There's people that are emotional, but when difficulty comes, nothing's going to happen. There's people that get the things of the world crowd out. And then there's people that have a good soil, have a good soil for their heart. So Jesus, in this context, that's what he's talking about then. If you've got a good soil and you really want to serve God, what happens is you do not want to be ashamed of the light of the Word of God. Now, we live in a day and time where it's not popular. 
God's word is not popular. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be ashamed to be a Christian. Young people, don't be ashamed of having morals. Don't be ashamed. See, people are saying, doesn't matter how old you are, what's your situation, sexuality is the way to go. The Bible says that we are different. We're to have standards. Don't be ashamed of being a Christian. And so Jesus starts off in verse 16. He said, no one who has lit a lamp hides it. The Word of God is a lamp. Jesus Christ, being our Lord and Savior, is a light. Don't hide it. Christmas is, is about Christ. Let's not get so carried away in giving, so carried away in presents and parties that we're ashamed of Christ. Let's let Christ shine. And notice he says, you know, you start at home. The lamp stands lit at home. It starts at home. Now, this isn't the first time that Jesus had mentioned about not hiding your light. It's not the first time. You see, Jesus would teach the same thing sometimes over and over because truth transfers to all different situations. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Talking to the disciples, He said, You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a lampstand and it gives to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works glorify your Father in heaven. But notice he started off, it's in the house. People in your home should tell that you're a Christian. That Christ is making a difference. It kind of reminded me of, of the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen to what the people were told about God's Word. Deuteronomy 6, this is beginning in verse 6, going through verse 9. It said, And these which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. He's just basically saying God's Word should really be important. Some people say, well, I think that's getting a little carried away. Yeah, but sometimes we don't even, we get carried away the other way, and we forget about God's Word altogether. We need to be able, the Word of God is important. I've got a plaque back in my office. It was at our kitchen when I grew up. Joshua 24:15. It just talks about as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. It was just a good reminder. And having God's word around the house is a good reminder. It's a good teaching tool for children. I remember watching ball games, and there used to be a fellow that would have a John 3:16 sign. He always seemed to get on TV. And I remember one year he had a Sign Matthew 121. I thought, well, that's not John 316. <laughs> Wonder what Matthew 121 says. Well, see, it was Christmas time. That's a great Christmas verse. Matthew 121. 
and she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Wonderful verse to be able to know and to share at Christmas. Nativities, we talked about nativities. Nativities is a good thing to be able to set out at Christmas, reminding us of the gospel of Christ's coming. And so, at home, let our light shine all around us at home. Here, Jesus said, when your light shines, it's to shine so everybody can see, for all to be able to see. We just went to North Carolina to work at Samaritan's Purse at the warehouse. So, you know, when the shoeboxes leave here, they'll eventually make it to one of those warehouses. And there at the warehouses, we go through, and they're just making sure that the right things are in those shoeboxes. Then they showed clips this lady, Sally, from Miami. And she just said when she was 65, she retired from being an RN. And she said, and she got out of church. And she said, so I knew I want to spend the rest of my days serving and honoring God. So she said, I found a church. And she said, they started doing those shoe boxes. And so she just jumped right in with those shoe boxes. And so they showed her at home putting some of those shoe boxes together. Then they showed clips of people saying how that she just inspired them. That she was the reason a lot of them got involved in doing these shoe boxes and promoting shoe boxes. And 94 years old. And so then they, uh, they said, and by the way, she's with us today. And she's on, we're on line seven. She was on line nine. So she was just right there by us. And such an inspiration, just such an inspiration, seeing somebody that has all those years served God. And she said, you know, it's not just helping children, although she said, that's why I do these shoe boxes, but it's so that children can hear the gospel and can know about Christ, letting your light shine. And that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus said, don't be ashamed of being a Christian. Let your light shine. And you know what? Watching her, just, it just did something. We were all, just, uh, we all gave thanks to God, I believe. We were all touched by that. And that's, Jesus said, let your light shine so that your Father can be glorified in heaven. Let it God be honored. That's what it's about. Now, the importance of the light. Jesus said, there's nothing that's done in secret that's not going to be revealed. Here's something that you just need to know. God is everywhere. He knows everything that you say, see, do. God knows it all. So when you think I'm doing something in secret, you're not doing anything in secret. God knows about it. Sometimes we think, well, I can do this and get away with it. The light, God's Word helps to reveal what truth is. You don't get away with things. One day, it's going to be known. I tell you what, it helps me. When I think about God watching, He knows. It inspires me. I don't want to go there. I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. I played high school football, and uh, I remember... Playing, I, I've been witnessing to this fellow, trying to get him to come to church with me. Or I was a running back, and they was running an option, and the quarterback had the ball, and he pitched it to me, and I made this fake, and then, but my foot slipped, 
And so instead of faking and then going around that guy, he tackled me. And so I just said something under my breath. I mean, I didn't say it out loud, but I did move my lips. And my friend said the next day, he said, Jim, you know, I saw what you said. And I just thought, man, here I am trying to get this guy to come to church and witness to him. And, and I just told the Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Secret, things you do in secret, it may not be as secret as you think. And besides that, God knows about it. And one day it's going to be known. And so the light, the Word of God helps us to be able to know right and wrong. And so we just need to know God knows everything and He sees. That should, that should change things. Let me tell you something. God's Word should do one of two things. It should lead me. It should lead me to be able to want to repent of the things that I'm doing. It's going to help me to know right and wrong. The Word of God. So it should lead me to repentance. And not only me, but as people come to the light, it should cause them to want to repent. And what are we talking about repent? We're talking about turning from things that are wrong and turning to God. And it should lead to repentance. Now here's the second thing it does. Light... The Word of God will justify judgment. See, there's people that think, I'm good. I do good things. And I, I, I'm not bad at all. But let me tell you something. Light, the very presence and holiness of God, will reveal to you, I'm not so good. If I compare myself, or if you compare yourself with me, you can be pretty good. But when you compare yourself to a holy God, you're not. And so the light helps us to be able to see that. It justifies judgment. So some people will say, I just don't understand how this judgment's going to take place. Well, I'll tell you how it's going to take place. When you're in God's presence, you can begin to see, oh yeah, I'm guilty. I don't compare too well with the Lord. And so I need His grace. That's the importance of light. That's the importance of the Word of God. And when I'm using the word light here, I'm using it basically as a synonym of Christ, as a synonym of God's Word. Now, uh, Jesus then, things change here all of a sudden in verse 19, and He's told about His families there. And so Jesus then talks about, you know, my real family is those that do the Word of God. The family of God. You know, when I was growing up, we always sung this chorus. The family of God. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain and cleansed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. I'm so glad I'm a part. I'm a part of the family of God. Wonderful hymn. This just kind of reminds us about the family of God. You part of the God's family? How do you get to be a part of God's family? Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 15. Here's what it says. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, who you cry out, Abba, Father. <laughs> when you become a Christian, the reason you become a Christian, you become a part of God's family. You're adopted into that family. See, it's not that you deserve the adoption, but it's that God wants you. He loves you, and God adopts you into the family. And so now, it's not like that you're an orphan. 
You can call out to God, Abba. That's personal. God wants to be personal. That's Father, Daddy. You hear these little babies calling out, Daddy, Dada. That's what this word is. You, the Holy Spirit helps you to call out to God. You've been adopted, and now you can call Him Abba, Father. God, now as, his, as the Father, He does discipline us. He doesn't give you everything that you want because it's not best for you. But He's Abba, Dad, Father, adopted into the family, a family of God. You know, families usually have some resemblance. Siblings, there's something a lot of times that they, they uh, resemble one another, or you resemble one of your parents in some manner. Well, when you're adopted into God's family, there's some resemblance. And it's not in the way that you look necessarily, but it is in the way that you act. And the reason that is, is because you're indwelt by the Spirit of God. Here's 1 Corinthians 3.16. Now, you know John 3.16. Here's another 3.16. It's 1 Corinthians 3.16. Here's what it says. Do you not know? If you're a child of God, you are the temple of God. And that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. When you become a Christian, Jesus called it being born again. You need to be born of the Spirit. You was born of the flesh, that's how you, that's how you exist. But now you need to be born of the Spirit, and that is when the Spirit of God indwells you. And he goes on and tells us, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not His. You're not a Christian unless you have the Spirit of God. And if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, or if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God. He indwells you. And so you're part, that's, that's what gives you your family resemblance, is the Holy Spirit at work. And the neat thing is, I've read Romans chapter 8, verse 15. But in, if you go on and read verse 17, it says we become joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. We're heirs of God and, and joint heirs with Christ. And so when you become part of His family, there's a better place awaiting us. And we are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus. And of course, because we're part of God's family, it's going to last forever. We're going to spend eternity with Him in heaven. And that's just something that's just great to be able to know. So Jesus is speaking to family. He's talking about those that are part of the family of God. Now, notice that Jesus, when He's speaking of, the, of, of family, He's not putting down His mother and brothers. He's just saying, you know, my real family, though, are those that know, do my will, those that love God's Word and put it into practice. Let me ask you something. Christmas is here. You have a desire at Christmas to be close to God. People that are close to God are people that love the Word of God. People that are close to God are people that just want to practice and to serve God and to be able to honor Him with their lives by keeping His commands. So a person that says, and this is what the Apostle John says, this is what the Bible says, the person that says, I love God, but I don't love His people. John says, you're a liar. A person that says, I love God, but I really don't care for His Word. I don't care for His Ten Commandments. You're a liar. You don't really love God. A person that says, I love God, but then turns around and promotes sin. 
That's not loving God. Loving God is a person that loves His Word. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you have to be legalistic because we don't want to be legalistic. We want, but we do want to keep His Word. We want to teach His Word and help others to live out His Word. We want to offer grace to people and mercy. But we want to help people to do what's right and to honor God with His Word. And if you want to be close to God, if you want to be close to Jesus Christ, then you have to love His Word. And you have to want to be able to honor His Word. You know, it's easy to be called names. And if you stand for God's Word, you might be called a name. You may be called bigot. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not being a bigot when you realize, and I believe, that Jesus Christ died for every single person. There's not a person that's alive that Christ didn't die on a cross for. He paid the penalty for every single sin ever committed. Every single sin. And Jesus, it's not a bigot to tell people, you can be forgiven. It's the Word of God. It's, it's the shot to shine light to let people know that's a sin. There's many people that are living sinful lifestyles, that believe sinful things. It's not being a bigot to point out that that's wrong. Because I believe each one of them can be forgiven. Every single one of them can know God and Christ and can have the peace and joy that Christmas and only Christmas can bring and only the Christ of Christmas can bring. It's not being a bigot to be able to stand up for what's right. Jesus has called us to be different. And He said, so if you want good, if you've got a good soil and heart, don't be ashamed. Stand up and do what's right. Live and be right. Let your light shine. You never know. Your light may cause somebody else to find Christ. You're a child of God. You are the light of the world. You know what Jesus basically is saying? You're exactly what the world needs. This world today is in darkness, and they need somebody that can shine light upon them, that can help them to see truth, to help them to see Jesus Christ. It's you and me. It's up to us. Now today, we're going to have a time of invitation. You may be here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's Christmas season. What a great time to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Could be as a Christian. You realize, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm not letting my light shine like it should. And you want to come and just rededicate yourself. Or maybe you just realize what an opportunity I have. Lord, help me Christmas. Not to be such panicked. It's such, so stressed that I can't share you. Help me to figure out the best way I can share you with others. God loves us each one and each of us. He wants to be able to work through us, to partner with us. That's why the Holy Spirit indwells us. That's why we're still here, to be able to make a difference. And you and I together can do so. Let's just have a word of prayer together. Lord, thank you so much for letting us come today. I'm so grateful for your Holy Spirit that He's here, that He's at work. 
And Lord, there may be somebody today that just needs to make a decision. And may your Holy Spirit continue to prick their hearts. Lord, may you draw them. Maybe there's somebody that needs to come now and surrender their life to you. I just ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just help them to know that's the decision they need to make. Give them the courage and faith to step out. Lord, there's Christians. Lord, there is. It's such a wonderful season. Help us not to let it pass by, but help us to serve and to honor you in it. Help us to be a light for our family, for our friends, for our community. And so, Lord, help us to rededicate ourselves so we can be that person. May you bless this time. Lord, there's people that are struggling. There's other things going on in their lives. People that are hurting. May you minister to them today. And I just ask that you would just provide the healing, the hope and help that they need. And so I ask your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.